It's time for another deep dive into the Jedi Archive, so let's sift through the sacred text, burn the tree, and stretch out with our feelings. Remember, for knowledge and defense only, Peter, stop attacking my deep dives. I'll never stop. I'm Mike, your faithful apprentice, and this is Peter, your junkyard-dwelling lunatic. How the space <laughs> are you, Pete? Not the first time I've been called that. I am doing well. Thanks, Mike. That's so nice. We have a really fun deep dive today we're just coming off twilight of the apprentice mm, mm. the one of the ending episodes to rebel season two yeah and so i thought it might be apropos to talk about mall nice yeah and you're going to be talking about some fun stuff too what are you talking yeah. about today i am going to go deep on malachor Ooh, perfect yeah, i'm really excited about this one this is a great way to tie off Season two, the apex of Rebels, and I think these are going to be some f fun deep dives too, so I'm yeah. excited to get into it. Well, I'm excited. Do you mind if I start? Is it that okay? I do not. Please do. Well, today then... I am talking about Darth Maul, my one of my favorite characters in Star Wars canon. A really big fan. Um, we first meet Darth Maul, or just Maul, in the comics, canonically, just looking at the timeline. Uh, we first see him in The Phantom Menace, of course, but the mm -hmm. first time we can stretch back to find him is in the comics. Um, and it sets the stage for how brutal and unrelenting this Dathomirian really is. Um, early in Maul's apprenticeship with Palpatine, he became anxious to begin his Jedi hunt and would routinely seek out creatures of expert skill to subdue his bloodlust and yearning mm. for a challenging foe. So he would fight Rathars and he would seek out Padwans or anything of a Jedi nature, something to cure his lust for blood and give him a challenge really he's a very lusty guy lusty yeah he's all, he has horns on his head um <laughs> but it was never quenched so skip ahead to his encounter with qui-gon jinn and kenobi we're gonna be jumping pretty quick to get up to speed to where we see him in clone wars or right after clone wars and before rebels mm -hmm. so skip ahead to his encounter with qui-gon jinn and kenobi we know how that ends simply put he gets cut in half and falls down a hole and goes bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Which I remember as a kid being so wild. <laughs> but for all of us mall heads, I'm talking M-A-L-L, mall rats, <laughs> we know that through his hate and will to survive, Maul used the force to grab an air vent as he went tumbling down the reactor shaft. Then he managed to make it to a trash container. Maul's shattered body was dumped on the junkyard world of Lotho Minor. He lived in the bowels of the planet and he had his legs replaced by a six-limbed apparatus that allowed him to walk again. During his exile there, he made a bargain with a sentient sneaking being called mm. Anna Condon. Uh, he was an hour, oh, sorry, it was an Anna Condon called Morley. Mm, okay. Um, who agreed to bring Maul food in return for his leftovers. Over the years, Maul was driven mad with rage and despair, but remained, but he sustained himself on the thought of revenge against Kenobi. 
I won't get too far into Maul's Clone War days. You can just watch those episodes as I want to concentrate on his time between Clone Wars and Rebels. So we're going to kind of jump ahead to there. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, quickly, Maul was sought out and rescued by his Dathomirian brother, Savage Opress, who was led to Maul on the advice of Mother Talzin, the shaman and clan mother of the Night Sisters, a coven of the war of the Force-sensitive witches who use magics to, manip- to manipulate the wilderness around them and rule their their male counterparts the night brothers it's a tongue twister mm. <laughs> side note the night sisters are unequivocally one of the coolest elements of the clone wars in my crappy I opinion completely agree i, I love that the whole arc i think they're super cool mm-hmm. um in a nutshell maul is given his legs back by the witchcraft of the night sisters and goes on to apprentice oppress he falls back into the good graces of Palpatine, but is used as a pawn by the Emperor in the plot to defeat the mother, to defeat Mother Talzin, who is posing a, a th- something of a threat to Palpatine. And Palpatine, in a duel with both Oppress and Maul, spares Maul's life and slays Oppress. This is where we leave him in Clone Wars Season 5. Mm. Next, we return to Maul's arc in the comics, back in the comics. After the duel on uh, Mandalore, Sidious takes Maul as his prisoner and routinely tortures him to bring him back to submission on the remote planet of Stygian Stygian Prime. But not long after, Count Dooku comes to Maul with orders from the Dark Lord to learn more about the Shadow Collective and the names of Maul's associates. Dooku interrogated his predecessor, electrifying him in an attempt to find information he was seeking, but Maul resists, of course, and refuses to give any information. After Dooku leaves, Rook Cast and Gar Saxon of the Death Watch attack the prison and rescue their captive leader, Maul. The Mandalorians, they basically blew a hole in the wall and together repel him down the mountain and escape aboard a death watch ship but unknown to maul and death watch the sith intended for maul to escape so he could lead them to mother talzin so it's plans within plans the phantom menace strikes again jeez as the sith predicted though maul eventually contacts mother talzin calling to her through the force for guidance she appears to him remember she's this is like this is in a way, like Maul speaking to Talzin in the same way that Luke speaks to Ben in Empire. Yeah. Right. Except for basically Maul's calling his mommy. Yeah. Except like, mommy, they're being mean to me. Yeah. Except it's a little, well, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. They're both kind of on the same level to me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She appeared to him from afar in a cloud of smoke and he informed her of his escape from prison. Talzin anticipated that Sidious hoped to lure her into a trap. So she ordered Maul to go to Ord Mantell, where the Black Sun had a base of operations. So mm-hmm. these organizations are coming into play. Once there, mm-hmm. Talzin wanted him to gather his forces for another battle against the Separatists, but Talzin herself would not go to Ord Mantell, as she knew she was the target of the Sith Lords. So Maul arrives on Ord Mantell to flush out this plan, and conferred with his Shadow Collective allies. He and his allies quickly begin planning their attack against the Separatists, which includes luring the droid army into a specific point that the Black Sun control. 
so the Shadow Collective forces can attack. Okay, as the Collective prepared for battle, Maul arrives in orbit while the Separatists begin landing their troops. As well, Count Dooku arrives on the planet mm. and quickly overwhelms the Shadow Collective army that is bolstered with Knight Brothers. Dooku, who engage, engages them, wipes out the Knight Brothers and, and their forces. But he is captured by Shadow Collective forces in his escape. Mm. But alas, Grievous escapes and Maul is foiled again. But he still has Dooku. So he returns to Dathomir in what seems like a little bit of a Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire-like plot to resurrect Mother Talzin with the life sacrifice of the captured Dooku. So they're going to take his life force and resurrect Mother Talzin. So weird, but so cool. Yeah. But they are interrupted by an explosion, ripping through the air and the arrival of Grievous and Sidious. Sidious reminded his former apprentice that there was only one plan that mattered. Sidious. Mm. Sidious bombards Talzin with force lightning and the witch released Dooku and appeared in physical form once more. So Talzin in that moment was her spirit was in Dooku's body. Sidious forces her out and she takes form in herself once again. It's kind of weird. Maul meanwhile is battling Grievous on the side and he's he pleads with Mother Talzin to use his life force to grow her more powerful. But Talzin demanded that he retreats as she held off the Dark Lord's attack. That's interesting to me because this is Talzin is a controversial character, not completely dark side or light side, but something mm -hmm. unique. And she sacrifices herself in this moment to save Maul. She sees something in Maul. It's interesting. Yeah. The witch uses her powers to toss him from the fray and he's dragged by cast and other dark watch warriors away and they flee. And in the end, Maul has to watch as Grievous return to the fatally stab Talzin with his lightsaber. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're moving away from the comics. Maul flees, fled Dathomir, which was beginning to be attacked by Separatists. And the Shadow Collective, meanwhile, has been defeated by the Separatist forces. In Sidious' eyes, Maul's escape uh, eliminates him as a rival to the future Sith rule of the galaxy. In this moment, the Emperor Goat thinks Maul will never be a threat again. This is the last time we see him in the comics. Now we're going to jump into the novel Ahsoka where we briefly meet Maul mm. as he encounters Rex and Ahsoka on during the Siege of Mandalore, a story that I'm sure that we're going to see more of in the upcoming Clone Wars continuation. Mm -hmm. But briefly, during the siege, Maul crossed lightsabers with Tano, mocking her as they fought. And though uh. Tano, and Tano was given the opportunity to kill Maul, she instead chooses to save Rex. Mm. As a result, Maul escapes once again. Mm -hmm. All right, here's the last thing we have on Maul. Hyper Jump to Solo, the newest Disney movie, where, as I predicted in a on a spoiler-filled hint <laughs> that a Clone Wars-era villain was to appear in the movie, mm -hmm. and that's why I pulled that prediction out, we meet Maul at the close. 
Sometime after losing the Siege of Mandalore, Maul took up residence on Dathomir and became the shadowy leader of a criminal organization, Crimson Dawn. After the, after, uh, the death of his underling, Dryden Voss, who should have been a... Um, who should have been a... Uh, Lassat. Lassat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bummer. Yeah. Maul was contacted by Kira, who informed him that Voss had betrayed and murdered by Tobias Beckett and his associate before leaving his shipment of coaxium stolen while it was being refined on the desert planet of Saverin. Um, irritated, Maul recalls Kira to Dathomir, where he said mm-hmm. the two should decide how to best deal with Beckett and the other traitors. He then activates his new lightsaber and threatens Kira, telling her that they would be working more closely from now on. I really hope we see where that goes. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is this famous FaceTime call is the last time we see him all before we meet him in uh, Rebels at this episode, Twilight of the Apprentice that we've talked about this week. So that was a mm-hmm. long explanation of what Maul has been up to in between Clone Wars and Rebels. But that's everything he went through to get him to the point where we see him interacting and trying to apprentice Ezra. Yeah, this is a good, um, there's a lot there, but I think it's good because I think a lot of people were confused <laughs> at, I still look at Twitter sometimes and people who aren't as into it are like, wait, didn't that guy die in Phantom Menace? How did he show up? Like people are really confused by that. Twist. It is so. such a long, I mean, you just heard me, but it yeah. is such a complicated narrative to get him to this point because mm-hmm. and i think it's because he's such a good villain they were like uh they kept getting rid of him and then wanting to bring him back yeah is what it feels like because he's so good and all of these threads are like he's dead wait no he's not he's dead wait no he's not mm-hmm. um yeah and i have to say i mean good on you know sam whittier and all the writers and the people who kind of brought him through the clone wars that was a really interesting move and i think a lot of people were, su- were surprised when they did that but it brings a lot of depth to the character, which I really like because just imagine if he had died in Phantom Menace, he would basically be like a little bit cooler of a Boba Fett. Like he has very little lines, barely yeah. talks, just has an awesome fight scene and then dies. Yeah. And so I like that they kind of brought him back and kind of rounded yeah. out his character, which is really cool in my opinion. He's really cool. Um, I like Maul. I like how weird and complicated his story is. Totally. Um, and he doesn't have to be weird and complicated if you don't want him to be. Yep. Um, you can just watch the movies and Solo will confuse you. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe intrigue you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You just have to know he survived in Clone Wars and came back. You don't need to know all the background, but we yeah. like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you mind if I add a couple couple quick things that oh, you remind please, me of? Please, please. So first of all, speaking of Solo, I want to just say this again. I think I said in our Solo review, but I really want to see the Obi-Wan movie be, be the sequel to Solo. So what I mean by that is he tells, Maul tells Kira to come back. They're part of the Shadow Collective and they're like, oh my God, like we're going to work closely together. And then... What I am saying, this is total fan fiction, I'm just making it up off my head, is what if Maul sends Kira to Tatooine to like try to fight the Huts in some sort of gang war, and he's trying to make another big move to make another big like Shadow Collective kind of thing, and the ensuing gang war comes close to endangering Luke and his family while Obi-Wan watches from afar, and he has no choice 
but to get involved. And so he goes into de- detective mode again, just like Attack of the Clones. And it's like a gritty tattooing detective movie starring Obi-Wan, where he, Obi-Wan is responsible for destroying the Black or Crimson Dawn. And that makes him fuel his hatred even more. I just think that'd be a really cool arc. I'm 100% on board for a Ewan McGregor-led mm-hmm. space film noir totally. detective story. It could be like Chinatown, but like yes. Star Wars. Um, and then the second thing I had was I, I just picked up the new edition of the Complete Visual Dictionary, and it's really fun for me. Hmm. And so I just opened up um, Maul's page just to see if there's any interesting tidbits. And I just have a couple just super quick like just hits um, nice. that I thought were interesting. So first yeah. of all, I've always wondered his face markings yeah. are those tattoos or are those natural. And it turns out they're both. So yeah. Maul has natural face markings and he augmented them with tattoos to make them scarier. Okay. Um, and there's also another blurb here that I thought was interesting where they're t- talking about how Maul was able to defeat Qui-Gon kind of easily. Um, I mean, he's obviously very skilled, but it says with his double bladed lightsaber, Maul is equal to two Jedi who are unprepared for his powers. Since the Sith disappeared almost a thousand years ago, Jedi are not used to facing opponents armed with lightsabers. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that's weird to me because that like goes back to the, um, the hubris of the Jedi for me, because did they not even train against each other with lightsabers? <laughs> like, were they just like, oh, the Sith are gone, so we never need to learn how to fight against lightsabers. It's like ceremonial maybe at that point. Well, yeah, it's like training for, with a sword today. Totally. Yeah, so it's like you you're more prepared for gunfire. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a kind of interesting tidbit. And then the last thing is it's going over all of his like equipment. Like it shows like his electro binoculars and his wrist calm link, and then it points to his boots and just says heavy action boots. That's tight. So that's just tight. Darth Maul and his action boots. I like it. Yeah. Sweet. Mm, nice addition. Thank you. Yeah, th- thank you. That was very fascinating. I think this will be a good little thing to show people who uh, maybe they have friends who are confused about Maul and Solo. You can just give them the link to this podcast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Confused about Maul? Not anymore. Actually, maybe more so. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? I think it could be more confusing. Yep. Cool. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, of course. All right, Mike, you ready to go on a journey with me to the far reaches of a forbidden planet? Yeah, I guess. Cool, because it's called Malachor. Malachor music. Yep. So Malachor was a dark and barren planet shrouded in mystery. It was once the source of great Sith presence, but the scourge of Malachor, which we talked about in the episode, rendered all of the planet's inhabitants frozen like stone statues. Whoa. So quick hit on that because we did kind of go into it in the episode, but thousands of years before the Galactic Civil War, a Sith temple on the planet held a giant kyber crystal that powered a super weapon encased within the temple. The Jedi Order launched an all-out assault against the Sith temple, and when the temple's weapon misfired, it petrified everyone on the planet. Okay. 
or was it a misfire? Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Bah, bah. Um, so after the battle, any record of Malachor was stripped from the Jedi archives and travel to the planet was forbidden, but some spacers and scrappers traveled to the planet in search of Sith artifacts. According to the Forces of Destiny source book, um, which is kind of muddy whether or not it's canon, but I like referencing it. It says one such artifact that was recovered was a substance called the Ashes of Malachor, which was a consumable substance supposedly made from the pulverized bones of the Jedi and Sith who fought there many years ago, Hmm. which is dark. The ashes trapped a dark essence within which if consumed increased the consumers dark side prowess and power at the cost of their own mortality. So that's a little bit, I mean, that's for a game. So it's like, I think it's like a power up, like basically you snort the ashes of the dead people on Malachor. Then you get your power, dark side powers boosted, which I would normally throw out is not canon, but sounds like a weird aphrodisiac. Yeah, totally. But there is a canon source that leads me to believe that the ashes of Malachor were actually a thing, which is kind of crazy. At some point, the dark Lord Sidious, this is the story, by the way linking it at some point the dark lord sidious and his one-time apprentice maul traveled to malachor there sidious showed a young maul a vision of the battle that had happened thousands of years before framing it as an assault by the jedi on their people which helped stoked maul's hate for the jedi so i think he he mentions or it was cut from the from the script that sidious took maul there actually a couple times to show him lessons. And this is one of them. And the way that that vision was shown to him is Maul stood within the fallen Sith and breathed in their ashes Mm. and it gave him a vision of the dark side. So that makes me believe that the ashes of Malachor might actually have some sort of dark side power. So that was his original vision and it just helped him hate the Jedi and kind of fuel that hate. But then some years later, Sidious brought Maul back to the planet saying that the battle, the battle of Malachor holds more than one lesson. Once on the planet, Maul again inhaled the ashes of fallen Sith warriors and allowed the dark side to present him with another vision. In this vision, Maul saw what he least expected. He was a Jedi. Beckoned to help save a child and his family from a rampaging rancor, Maul jumped into action, not out of a sense of protection or any sort of good, but to satiate his ravenous appetite to kill. He kills the Rancor, and once the family is safe, Maul becomes enraged. He just gets pissed off and pissed off and so so pissed off that he eventually snaps and kills the entire family. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then once that happens, it all dissolves, and he's surrounded by dozens of Jedi who previously battled in Malachor. So he has, he's now surrounded by this horde of Jedi knows he can't defeat them. And for the first time ever, he surrenders knowing that he cannot win against such a giant force. He is then suddenly snapped back to reality. And this is how Maul learns that the Jedi would not be defeated just through strength and combat, but through patience and with his Sith passions mixed with, Sidious's patience, they became the ultimate <clears throat> phantom menace. Nice. If you will. So that was just a quick hit on Darth Maul's history with Malachor and kind of why maybe he was seeking some more secrets 
and Rebels, I like in my head canon is he's kind of fallen. Whatever he did with Crimson Dawn kind of crumbled and he didn't have anything else to show for it. And so out of desperation, he decided to return back to the one place where he ever got clarity to try and get some sort of sense of his next move, which I think is kind of a cool thing. That's crazy. I love that. Yep. And then just to repeat it in case you missed the episode, I'm going to keep this super high level. Um, and this is my last kind of point is I referenced the Scourge of Malachor maybe not being an accident. And mm. so one of the theories that I heard that was kind of interesting about Malachor is that perhaps in the battle of Malachor, the Jedi actually a rogue Jedi made it to the temple and decided to access the weapon and set it off on purpose, which ended up winning them the battle of Malachor. But the cost was extremely high as tons of Sith and Jedi were killed in the process. Mm. So if the theory goes, and this is based on some legend stuff that might be pulled and cold, um, you can listen to our twilight of the apprentice part two to get deeper into the theory. But that is maybe why the Jedi are ashamed of Malachor. They erase it from the archives. They also won't let anyone travel there because it is a great black mark on the pristine reputation of the Jedi and a dark, dark spot in their history, which I think is also quite interesting. But that is unconfirmed speculation, but I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And that's what I got on Malachor. Wow. Crazy. Well, yeah, we, that's a very comprehensive uh, look at both Malachor and Maul today. Yeah, hopefully it's a good one-two punch. And again, I mean, there's a lot more on Malachor, but we touched on it so much in the actual episodes, Twilight Apprentice Part 1 and 2. So please tune into those if you want to get even deeper on the deep dives. Oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, so why don't we close this out? This is going to be the end. We're nearing the end. We're closing up the end of season two and mm. I'm really excited about it. So thank you so much for your support. We've gotten a bunch of new met new listeners and people have been buying our pins, which is awesome. We still have our Canaan space hippie pin called yeah. space oddity. It is up on big cartel, which you can find at rebels, rebels or always check our social media in case we go to another store or anything like that will always link that. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah. And thank you. Uh, this has been a, uh, awesome season and we're super looking forward to season three season three yep. has my all-time favorite episode yeah. of rebels in it and um, i'm gonna say my one of my top three star wars moments i can't wait mm, um yeah. so it's make sure tight. you turn and just tune into season three which will be coming soon yep and uh remember until next time be brave out there and don't look back don't look back Bye. <laughs> Gross. <Yeah. laughs>